again, and welcome to The Heart of Titus with Dan and Tony. And we are so glad to be with you, excited to be with you from Guatemala City, Guatemala. And let's, let's roll some of that awesome Guatemala footage right now. This is so cool that we're here. Yeah. We left Florida and it was like freezing, raining, 50 degrees, which is crazy for Florida. And it's beautiful. It's 70 degrees here. It's sunshine and volcanoes in the distance. It's, yeah, they it's amazing. Call this the uh, land of the eternal springtime, and uh, it's really nice today. So you can go to our Facebook page at Heart of Titus Ministries on Facebook, and you can find out a little bit about our travels and what we do and how we do this. And this is a, an awesome thing. We want to let you know that you're going to hear some noise in the background. We are in the middle of Guatemala City, right by the airport. So you're going to hear some truck noise, car noise, different noises behind us. Uh, every once in a while, a plane might go by. We'll try to be quiet during the plane so we can edit it out. But um, we want you to know we're here in the city, right in the downtown area. And uh, it's just going to be a little bit of background noise. So just want to let you know. So Tony, you wrote a blog just recently. Um, on our website, www.heartoftitus.org, shameless plug. Shameless, shameless. And um, it deals with fear. Yeah. And, you know, I, right now, there's been so much that has happened with the virus and the shutdowns, and um, a lot of people don't even want to go out of their houses. You see a lot of fear uh, in people, just, just everywhere, even traveling. As we've traveled here to Guatemala, getting on the plane and everything else, um, it seems like fear is everywhere. But the Bible talks about that we should have a fear of God. So, are there two different types of fear that that we should be looking at, or is there? Yeah, yeah, and I think there's two different kinds of fear now. Well, probably several different kinds of fear. But you know, the question is, what fear is good to have, good to have, and what fear is not so good to have. Um, I think a healthy respect, or you can even call fear, of this um, pandemic um, is not a bad thing. You know, it'll cause you to, uh, you know, be a little bit more judicious in how you mingle with people. Now, I may lose some of you right there, but come on, you know. I mean, I when I was a kid, I learned the fear of fire. You know, I was three years old, and I would look at the fire and go to my mommy, "What's that?" She says, "That's fire. Don't touch it." But then I would disobey my mother, and I would try to touch it, and then I would get burned. Well, I acquired a healthy fear of fire. Uh, so fear is, can be a tool to help modify our behavior so that we don't do stupid things. Right. Right. Well, and it's, it's the same thing. You know, we don't want to jump off the side of a building. Why? Because we're going to die. You know, you're going to die if you jump off the side of a building. So you have a fear of dying and jumping off the building. That's right. A hell... <laughs> They are, that's a healthy. That's a healthy fear. That's a healthy fear of heights, you know. Uh, but I've seen people with such a fear of heights that they can't even climb a ladder to, uh, you know, you know, go up five feet to fix something. And 
you know, so there are extremes. Right. So, and that's the next thing is that, so when does fear get to the point where it's dangerous? Because I think that there's a point when it's no longer helpful, but it's actually dangerous. Like you're saying, you can't even get close to the edge or you can't even get near something because you're so afraid of it. And I'm just thinking right now with the whole pandemic and everything else, you know, how there's a lot of people there that they won't even step outside of their house. Yeah. So, so where's the pendulum swing there? Well, that's right. You know, and I think that's going to depend upon the context. But let's let's drill down here to a Christian application of this, because there are many Christians who have the idea that all fear is bad. Forget about it. Don't. It's faith over fear. Right. Um, you know, the perfect love casts out all fear, which is scripture, and I agree with that. Uh, but we also see in scripture that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And so there's a fear of God, which is very much to be desired, and there's a fear of man, which is very much a snare, according to Scripture. So again, it really depends on the context. What are you afraid of? So on this pendulum, we're kind of I'm thinking of a pendulum type thing. So there's a fear that's a healthy fear, that's a uh, a fear that's for our good, yes. to stop us from getting hurt, or to allow us to open up our eyes to see who God really is. That's right. And then there's a fear that literally um, debilitates us. That's the right word, I guess. Um, Basically keeps us from achieving the things that God wants us to do. So let's talk first about, or let's talk, I don't want to talk about that type of fear. Um, I want to talk about the type of fear that's for our benefit. We know the type of fear that stops us and keeps us from doing the things. But God does not want us to be isolated in a cave with no one around us, he wants right. he wants to teach us. He wants to lead us. He wants to have us fulfill our best and fulfill the most, um, which also means knowing him and his character more. Which also means we have to fear him. Right. So, as an example, when I was a kid, um, everybody uh, was afraid of the Russians dropping nuclear bombs on us. Right. And I know you have to be kind of old to remember that kind of fear but we would have air raid drills i'd be in school and they would say okay um it's a, it's a it's an it's an air raid drill you got to climb under your desk because if that would help you protect you from a nuclear bomb right but people many many people built air you know, built uh bunkers under their houses oh, in yeah. their basements you know you know nuclear fallout shelters um and that's okay because there was a real threat i, I suppose but to to be to live in that fallout shelter would be kind of silly because right you can't function you can't go out and get anything to eat you can't visit your neighbor it's well that's where that pendulum starts right. from an understanding fear yes to a irrational fear that you know we're all going to die at any second but what makes it irrational is i guess what depends on the circumstances let's talk about a couple of things that are clearly set forth in the scripture, and we already mentioned the one, yep. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Correct. So I, the, the inverse of that to me is that if you don't fear God, you're a moron. I mean, you just can't figure out life if you don't have not only a healthy respect for God, but an understanding that, as Jesus says, uh, don't fear him who could kill the body and after that do no more, but fear him after who after killing both body and soul, after killing the body can throw both body and soul <laughs> into hell. 
Yeah. Now, this is Jesus talking, and he's talking to his disciples in Matthew 10 about don't be afraid of the politicians or the people that drag you before them to give testimony about me. Because even if they kill you, they can't dispose of your soul for eternity. But I can, and that's the guy you need to worry about. Right. And, and there's where we run into some of the issues that we're having in our society today with the lawlessness. So in your blog, you mm -hmm. actually reference um, Acts 10, uh, 34 and 35, and it says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So what are we talking about there? As in, what is, or what is Peter trying to say there? Is that fearing God makes us acceptable to him? Well, that is an interesting uh, uh, position, which I kind of lay out in the um, in my blog. You know, I mean, is this like the gospel according to Peter? You got to fear God and do what is right. But doesn't that militate against uh, salvation uh, by you know, by faith through grace, not by works, so that no man can boast? And and but what you see here, though, is uh, people. I mean, he very clearly makes the statement that people who fear God and do what is just or right. Right. But they're acceptable to God. Okay, so how do we mesh that with the gospel of grace the way it's been taught today? Because, Dan, I'm about your experience, but in my experience, um, there are many Christians here in North America mm -hmm. who uh, don't have any fear of God whatsoever. Oh, listen, I've heard throughout my ministry so many times I've talked to someone and they go, listen... I, I know what you're trying to say is trying to help me, but I've got my get out of jail free card. I prayed a prayer 10 years ago, right? and now I, I, I know I'm going to heaven, so you know I'm gonna do whatever I want. In the Old Testament, there's arguably no sacrifice for presumptuous sin, mm. and yet we hear people say, joking, um, you know, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Oh, gosh, what which a horrible is the phrase. Which is the height of presumption. Yes. Like when Satan tested Jesus in the, when he was in the desert, and he said, well, just throw yourself down off the top of the temple. And then he quotes Psalm 91 to him, and he says, you know, the, you know, you'll, you know your angels will give his angels command over right. you so that you won't dash your foot against a stone. In other words, you throw yourself off the top of the temple, and God's, God's got to catch you. He absolutely has to. He's under obligation yep. to do that. And Jesus, of course, correctly responds with the word of God, saying that um, it's you know you don't put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, I'm, just because His word says He'll catch me doesn't mean I'm going to throw myself down and say ha ha ha, you got to catch me. Right. But I think a lot of us are saying ha ha ha, God, you have to catch me in your net to keep me from falling into the fires of hell, even if I'm wicked, even if I'm committing adultery continuously because I got my get out of jail free right. card because I, I was nine years old and I walked the aisle and I gave my heart to Jesus. Right. I mean, Paul, what Peter's talking about here is an active, continual fear of God that continually inspires us to do what is right. And that is so contrary to most of what we think, but yet we know from the Old Testament that fear, the fear of God, is designed to be part of the New Covenant. Yeah, you know, I, I've got to go to Jeremiah here, and you know, in chapter 32 and verses uh, 39 and 40, let me read this. Um, he's talking about the New Covenant that he's going to do, which is what we're enjoying right now. 
I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me. Whoa. And that all will then go well for them and for their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. And I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. And, you know, to me, this is just so foreign to our current, to many people's current understanding of what the new covenant is. And yet you see Peter endorse this by saying, Mm -hmm. well, everybody from every nation, not just Jews in that context. Right. It was the first time the Gentiles were hearing the gospel, right? He says that everybody in whatever nation, if they're going to be acceptable to God, if they fear him and do what is right. So when we look at that that fear pendulum that I started off with, mm-hmm. um, the fear of God is supposed to be more of that corrective fear, like we were talking of being yes. afraid of the hot pot or being afraid of jumping off the building. And it's to guide us, as you see, and it's even as we fear God, it passes down to our generation. So I, as a father, if I show fear of God and I live my life under the fear of God, that my children and my next generations will also see that and be blessed by that. Yeah, there's a good purpose to it. God does not want to put us in fear and have us freak out just because he likes scaring us. Right. You know, he's putting a healthy fear of him because he is the authority. Just like we, you mentioned fatherhood, just like we as kids um, had fear of our dads. Now, there could be, there are good dads, there are less than perfect dads, but dads will guide, they will correct, they will provide. But it's that correction and that discipline that always has a redemptive purpose with our Heavenly Father. Even if your father on this planet wasn't so good, and our Heavenly Father, if he puts us through discipline, it's to cause us to be better people, cause us not to hurt us or anybody else as much. I mean, and so this is what not having fear can hurt us with. So let me, let me, I didn't say that well, let me say that again. Um, if, if we as Christians have a culture or a doctrinal understanding here in the 21st century that it's never okay to fear God, it's always okay to be free and to feel like you're just always sitting in his arms without any kind of issues at all, then there's going to be a certain part of the inspiration he desired for us to have which will not be in operation and will cause us to do, will, will prevent us from being restrained from doing stupid things that get us in trouble, that the fear of him would cause us not to. So for example, many of you listening and watching are employees. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if your employee only gave you a paycheck no matter what you did, well, you know, you might hang out at the water cooler all day. You might just be sitting there filing your nails or, you know, talking to your girlfriend, um, texting her six out of the eight hours you're working. Or you may not even come to work because the boss has got to give me a paycheck no matter what yeah, I do. I'm going to get something. You know, that is, besides the fact that that's not very fruitful and productive, and that's a whole other conversation, well, yeah. it, it's also um, not real good to create in somebody such a spirit of laziness and selfishness. Right. So the fear of God helps us remember that, you know, it's not all about me. You know, the gospel of the kingdom is about the king, not about me. It, it comes to, works to my benefit. And God loved, so loved the world that he was only begotten son, right? That whoever should believe in my own perish. So mm-hmm. he did that for us. But it's all, he is the king. He is the object of everything in the universe. All things are designed to come in under him. Right, right. It, it's, um, it's really neat to think about how God interacts with us 
Um, and, and I love the example of the father. And I know we, we talk a lot about that, um, where some people look at their father and they might not see a God figure. They might not right. see a, a um, but that was not God's original design. God's original design was that the God, that fathers were going to imitate God. The fathers were going to help show the children. Um, so I, I do have a question though, as I was sitting here thinking, I, I look at we're, so we're looking at God's, the fear of God is to help us, to lead us, to, to guide us, to, to draw us not only into him and to know him better, to help with our own lives and what we're doing in generations to come and how we live in, in this society and in this mm-hmm. world. Well, I do have a question. So when you read in Isaiah mm-hmm. in chapter six, um, Isaiah has the vision of God. Yes. And it, it's the awe. Yeah, it's high the, lifted up and his it's strength high lifted the up, and he and it, it, it says he is he just falls to his face mm-hmm. because he knows he's a sinful man and yeah. he knows he lives amongst a people that are sinful. But we see in the New Testament when Jesus died on the cross, it says that the veil, the temple, was ripped. Right, and it says that we can walk boldly into the throne room of God. That's right. So can I just ask, so does that mean that that fear of awe is gone or is it changed a little bit or is it just something where Jesus has completed it so that we are allowed to jump into daddy's arms and in his lap and call him I always jump in my daddy's arms uh, figuratively speaking. Yeah. Right. And so what, what, what's happened is that God's grace has opened the door of acceptance for Mm us. Well, but once I'm in his throne room, once I'm enjoying, you know, fellowship with him and I'm receiving from him blessings from on high which I never would never could ever deserve um, I shouldn't you know to be start thumbing my nose at him I shouldn't just you know decide to just flagrantly break every rule that he has in his house because I'm in his house right and you know it's like when we you go to your friend's house right Um, and you know you're polite if they want you to take your shoes off you take your shoes off you know if you you know, they say, please sit down. You sit down. You don't say, no, I'm, I'm going to go st- I'm gonna go jump on your furniture, and then I'm going to go in your fridge, and I'm going to eat everything I want, even, you know, your favorite stuff. You know, you don't do that without being invited. You don't right. do that without permission. And yet many Christians kind of walk into God's throne room and just say, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't need your permission. Right. So I think what we're saying is that just because we're, we've got that pure access doesn't mean that reverence is lost. It's right. actually increased because now it's not because he's got his thumb on us, which he never did. Really. Right. But it's not that, that right. threat, but it's that his love for us has drawn us in because we know what the opposite is. We know what the alternative is. So what it does is it actually completes it with the love and the grace and the mercy, not just the on top of you you know I, I, I that's right Dan and I just don't think that the human race's relationship with God has substantially changed he has always provided a way out through the blood mm-hmm. and he, the blood of Jesus was available even for Old Testament saints I yes. know that's I mean, I mean, we know Abraham's in the kingdom. We know David's in the kingdom. We know all the prophets are in the kingdom. They look forward to the blood of Jesus, just like we look back toward it, because in God's timing, it you know it was provided for. Correct. And but they related to God. It's it, yes, 
David, so using David as an example, he was, no, nobody had a heart like him, but he screwed right. up from time to time, and he learned the consequences. Yes, he did. You know, I mean, he lost, he lost his son with Bathsheba because of... Lost his he, king, lost the ability to build the temple, and... Yeah, he had his son mount up in, a, in an insurrection. Yeah. I mean, all kinds wow. of things. <laughs> but but I, want, I want to say this. The fear of God is not an end of itself. The fear of God is a tool to help make you more righteous. When you look at Titus 2, for example, it talks about that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Yay, grace. Mm -hmm. you know? And this grace, it says in verse 12, teaches us to, to, do God, to do righteous things and to say no to unrighteousness. So when you look at that word, teach, it's not the word typically like a teacher in a classroom. It's the word, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, paiduo. Okay. And it's the word for severe parental chastisement. It's, it's discipline. It's parental discipline. It's the same word that Pontius Pilate used when he told the centurion to go whip Jesus, scourge Jesus. It's like, go teach him a lesson. Right. And... You know, God has that right as our Father to teach us lessons, and we ought to have a healthy respect for that, even fear. Knowing that there are negative consequences that could occur if we do not um, obey God, well, you know, that is a constraining force which uh, encourages me to embrace the grace of God and His righteousness even more. You know, he doesn't wave a magic wand from heaven and just go, bop, you're automatically right. better. I mean, he does that in some cases, but most of us, sanctification is a process. Right. And I learn through experience. I learn through his discipline. Uh, I, I learn over time as I get to know him better, too, um, how to live a righteous life in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think as we're looking at this fear, faith over fear, Yes. we, we learn that as we have the proper fear in God in the things around us mm -hmm. in the world that has been great it actually does increase our faith yes and that it does draw us closer to the father and that it does do what God wants it to do and that's fulfill us mm -hmm. and to lead us to become the best thing that we want to be or the best thing that God wants for us yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, God's fear is one of the many tools that he uses to form our character to be uh, worthy of his grace. Okay. Um, you know, that's a whole other concept, worthiness. Yeah. You know, where you're, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. <laughs> you, know, well, you know, that's not what the scripture says. It's very interesting what the scripture says about that. But finally, there's a good fear and there's a bad fear. Bad fear is the one that strangles you. Bad fear is what Satan puts on you. Bad fear is losing your stuff in this world. Good fear is respecting God, knowing God, loving God, and seeing that, yeah, he's got the power to dispose of me any way he wants. And so he is the new sheriff in town. I mean, seriously, how does, the, how does Jesus start out preaching when he shows up on the scene? He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand, or heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. He's saying, you're gonna to have to change your ways because there's a new sheriff in town. Yep. And that sheriff is requiring things of you and if you don't conform to what he wants, well, there could be negative consequences. Do you see where fear can fit in there? Oh yeah. I mean, he, he's a loving, benevolent God. But he is God. Yes. So that's, that's my take on this fear thing. Amen. Well, 
hopefully you guys, as we've been talking, it's kind of spurred some things on in your own mind. I encourage you, uh, don't just take our word for it. We're giving our opinions. We're giving the things that we've learned over years of ministry and working with people and studying the scriptures. But we want you to continue to do that yourself. Um, this is not a... Uh, uh, a time where we go, well, just listen to us and don't read the Bible. No, this is to encourage you to actually read the Bible more, to look more in depth of what the things we're talking about and learn for yourself uh, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. This was a, a lot of fun as we are uh, putting some of that faith over fear in action as we traveled here to Guatemala in the middle of the pandemic and, and doing some ministry down here. And we want to encourage you to do the same. Um, just a couple things. We want you to, um, if you're enjoying what you're watching, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please let us know. Uh, comment, like, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the, uh, the videos and stuff so that, number one, you can see them uh, when the new videos and stuff come out and when the new podcasts come out. But it also helps the algorithms, and I know computer algorithm stuff is I'm sure ever on top of everyone's list of things they need to oh, know about. I completely about. understand. I, you spend yeah. hours thinking about computer algorithms, I'm sure. But what it does is it allows other people who might be impacted by these messages, who might be impacted by these discussions, um, it allows them to see it. It allows it to pop up on their search engines and things like that. When someone types in faith over fear, our podcast would pop up. So, um, you know, please like, subscribe, let people know, um, share, 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 share as much as you can to let people know what we're doing. Um, we are uh, so glad that you're listening. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing um, here on this podcast. You can go to www.heartoftitus.org and we'll have links to the podcast there. Uh, we'll have links to our television show, Let's Go. We'll also have links to the YouTube channel and everything else. So go to our website, www.heartoftitus.org, and get to learn more about what Heart of Titus is doing. So from Guatemala, we want to say uh, adios, um, ciao. Yeah. What, what, what else do we say down here? Hasta luego and see you next time. Yeah. So God bless you guys. Bye-bye.